You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboos and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, I'm Dr. Joe Court, and welcome back to Smart Sex, Smart Love. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Roz Gould Keith, who will talk about erasing the stigma surrounding transgender identities. Roz is the executive director and founder of Stand With Trans. Its mission is to provide the tools and resources transgender youth need so they will be empowered, supported, and validated as they transition to their authentic life. When Raz's son, Hunter, came out in 2013, she knew she had to do something to help him. There were very few resources for him, and she knew very little about what it meant to be transgender. That's when she decided to found Stand With Trans, a federally approved not-for-profit organization. Welcome, Raz. Hi, Joe. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's, a, it's my pleasure. I've wanted to do this uh, for a while. I know you're busy and I'm busy and you're, um, you're doing great work. You're such a great resource here. I know for sure in the Detroit area. Is it outside of Detroit as well? You know, it's interesting. So COVID has um, forced us to do things in different ways. And for us, really, um, we, we've been able to make lemonade out of lemons because Going virtually has meant that our content is accessible to anyone with an internet connection, no matter where they live. So over these past nine plus months, we have been reaching um, a national audience as well as an international audience. Um, We've had kids from a variety of countries attend our um, support groups, our Trans Empowerment Month. So it's really been kind of cool to see that evolve. That's great. You must feel so proud of it because, um, you know, this is so personal for you. It started out as a personal journey um, and sparked your fire to start Stand With Trans. Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, Seven and a half years ago, when my younger child was 13, not quite 14, he was in eighth grade, and um, we thought we had two daughters, um, but he came to me one day and said, I'm transgender. Um, Of course, there's a lot more to that piece of it. But, um, but, you know, at that point, I had no idea what it meant to be transgender. I had never heard the word before. Um, I knew about um, gay and lesbian identities, but nobody was talking about trans or non-binary or gender fluid. Mm. So this was really brand new to all of us mm-hmm. and we had to work really hard which was a heartbreaking piece of his coming out we had to work really hard to find support and find resources and we didn't know anyone else like our family we didn't know um you know hunter didn't know anyone um like him and in metro detroit unfortunately there were just no resources for transgender youth. Mm -hmm. So that was really how it started was our own education. And um, it took us probably about a year to get the kind of support that he needed and to find the right people. And once we did, 
and we started, we were approached to tell our story publicly. And once we did that, families started coming out of the woodwork and they saw themselves in our story. And um, from there, we just started the dialogue about, gee, what if, and, you know, parents need other parents to talk to and kids need to see that there are other kids like them um, because it's so isolating and it's just, you know, it's, it's hard for kids in general um, and young teens to see around corners and to even see that they could have a future, let alone feeling like they're the only one and that they're weird and they're the odd kid. And um, so that community piece of it was really critical in figuring out how we could bring that and make that happen. Um, and while we're talking, people listening, are, you know, even though it's like nothing to us, we understand this whole concept, you and me, you and I, um, but what is transgender? Some people are like, what the hell is it? You know? Yeah, great question. So um, being transgender means that your um, biological sex and your gender identity do not align. So how you feel about who you are does not line up with your genitalia, basically. So your body parts and what you're thinking in your head, like your your core identity are at odds, basically. Mm -hmm. So when doctor says, oh, it's a girl or it's a boy, they're strictly looking at genitalia. They're looking at what they can see to declare the baby's gender. Um, and, you know, I, I, it will probably be a long time before we move away from that. Um, but the reality is that that's the biological sex. That's not the gender. And we often won't know the gender until many years later. I love the way you said that so clearly. How do you feel about these gender reveal parties? Because I feel like they're revealing anatomy. <laughs> they're not revealing gender. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, to each his own. I it personally, um, I never wanted to know what I was having. I wanted to be surprised. So that was, um, and we were definitely surprised, you know, a couple of times. But, <laughs> right. Um, you know, I truly am one of those people that felt, you know, I'm having a baby. All I care about is if they're healthy and happy. And it didn't matter. So when we had to shift, um, it's not that I, we didn't struggle, but we, this was our child. So, you know, you're putting a lot of eggs in this gender basket and um, going to buy, you know, what people considered boy toys and all blue clothing or pink. And, um, you know, honestly, I feel like kids should be able to play with whatever they want to play with. And um, I remember when Target this was already a few years ago, but when they came out and said they were going to remove the signs in the aisles that mm -hmm. said boy toys and girl toys, mm -hmm. this one woman was quoted saying, but how am I going to know what to buy my grandchildren? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, I, I mean, I had to chuckle. I mean, you buy them what they want to play with. Right. And I don't yes. think that, you know, and there was something I saw today about um, what happens when you give your little boy a baby doll. And then there were several scenarios. They learn how to be, you know, a loving parent. They learn how to be nurturing. They learn how to be a, a pediatrician. You know, yes. there's some different things that you can learn by playing with different kinds of toys that, it, you know, I mean, Hunter had a baby doll when he was little. He decided his baby doll was a boy doll and we had to have boy clothes and a boy yep. name. But, 
you know, he played with babies. He played with dolls. So, you know, pretend play for kids is just about being creative and letting them explore and not putting them in a box. Letting them be themselves. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I was not trans, but I loved feminine uh, play, what they call that playing house, playing with Barbies. One Hanukkah, my sister got a spirograph and I got uh, football tickets. And we looked at each other and said, give me yours, give me mine. And we were like, you know. It worked out. My sister's straight and she just liked football and she was a tomboy at the time. And I was a little yeah. sissy boy and I liked the other stuff and it should have been okay, but it was not okay. It was the sixties yeah. and the seventies. Yeah. Can you speak to um, this, the struggle you said about being a trans, a parent of a trans person? We only know really in our pop culture share and how share was surrounded by trans and drag and gay and LGBT. And then her son comes out and how difficult that was for her. People struggle with that. Can you talk about that? Yeah. In fact, there was just an article yesterday or the day before about how she, admittedly she said she don't, doesn't think she handled it well. And I didn't get a chance to read that article yet, Good. but you have to remember. Yeah. I mean, you have to remember how many years ago that was. Yep. And it was really more of an anomaly, at least publicly trans people have been around for centuries, but um, you know, just because you're surrounded by it doesn't mean that you have an understanding or that you, you know, have enough knowledge to be supportive. I mean, for me, you know, it's tricky answering that because for me, again, there was no question, whatever issue my kid was having, I was going to be there and I was going to support him. And I knew he was struggling and there was, there was no question, you know, and I've written about this, that, you know, being gay is not a choice, being trans is not a choice. And the only choice from a parent perspective is what kind of parent you're going to be. So um, not to be so black and white about it, but that's, you know, how I, how I feel. Um, And I think it's a lot easier today to have the courage to be that kind of parent, perhaps. Um, than 20 years ago or 30 years ago. I don't, I don't even know how long ago it was that Chaz Bono came out, but it was a long time ago. And I remember thinking, Oh, you know, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, there's so much dialogue right now and so much in the media and so much, um, so much access to education that there's really no excuse. I agree. And sadly, we see people in therapy whose parents don't acknowledge it. And, you know, I went out to a waiting room one time and I I thought what I was looking at was a male uh, adolescent and referred to him that way. And both parents said, no, it's her, it's her. And, you know, then getting him in my room, he he was a he and they were unaccepting. So what happens to a trans kid who has parents that just won't accept it? Yeah, so um, there there are um, really startling statistics that talk about, you know, what happens when you have parent support and what happens when you don't have parent support. Um, Without parent support, self-esteem bottoms out, um, depression soars, um, rates of suicidality increase. Um, When a parent supports their trans child, um, suicidality drops to 4% which, you know, I would love that to be zero, but it's really on par with any other um, peer. Mm. 
um, so that parent support, even one supportive adult, makes a significant difference in that child's life. And and all all kids want is for to know that their parents are a safe place to land, that they can come out and still be loved. They are so afraid of their parents not loving them anymore if they tell them. And to me, that's just heartbreaking. Um, They're, they're just, that's what they're afraid of. And they, you know, either put off coming out because they have those concerns or they've come out and it's, um, I mean, often it's not always the case, and often the parents are, yeah, absolutely, of course, we're going to accept you. But then there are many cases where the parents are like, "You're going to always be my daughter, and you will always be a girl, and I'm going to always call you Sue, and mm-hmm. you know, you can do what you want when you don't live here anymore, or you know, when you're 18, we'll talk about it. Like that's some magic number, um, but it is critical that. Um, a trans youth have at least one supportive parent. Yeah, makes a huge difference. Okay, what about an uncle or a grandparent? Does that help? One supportive adult makes a significant difference in the life of a trans youth. That's great to know. You know, and when I talk to youth and, you know, I ask them, you know, do you think that your parents will be open? What kind of conversations have you already had at home? And if they're pretty sure that they can't safely have this conversation at home, I ask them if they can talk to, you know, a cousin, an aunt, an uncle, an older sibling, um, a neighbor, a parent of one of their good friends, a school counselor. So, you know, I really try to help them find somebody, some adult that they believe to be safe. They they can talk to and work things out um, because they can't, they can't work it out on their own. No. You know, they they need to be validated and they need to know that who they are is okay because otherwise they walk around every single day feeling like they are not worthy and they are not okay and that nobody will love them. And, you know, that's just a bad combination. Right. Very, uh, you know, they call it minority stress and that's a real thing. And then it can lead to depression, anxiety, suicidality, and it's so horrible. Yep. What about pronouns? Can you speak to that? Because people get confused and then some of the pronouns don't make sense to people and people struggle. Yeah. So if somebody says I use she, her pronouns, or I use he, him pronouns, then those are the pronouns you need to use with that person. It really doesn't matter if you don't believe in trans identities or you don't understand they as a singular and we can talk about that but what does matter is those are the pronouns that validate that person's identity and just by using them you have helped to move this person's self-worth up on the scale Mm. um you know, if, if somebody always referred to me as he, or, you know, his stuff is over here, whatever, it just, it wouldn't feel right. And it would feel like they're just like, are they not seeing me? So, um, and it's in the beginning, and this is an example of how things have changed so rapidly, you know, we would say, what's your preferred gender pronoun? What's your PGP? But it's no longer okay to ask someone what their preferred 
gender pronoun is. It's just, right. you know, what pronouns do you use? Because it's not preferred. Right. It's, you know, it's not like I prefer she, her, but it would be okay if you used he, him with me. Right. You know, these are my pronouns. Right. Right. So um, it, it really validates that person and sends a strong message that, you know, you you understand and you see them and, you know, they're valid. You know, um, I, I work with Nick Zelke, who, you know, that's how I know you at the center for relationship and sexual health. And I said to him one day, I said, so, um, what do I do? Cause he's a specialist in trans uh, work. What do I do if I go uh, in my store or I'm out in public and I can't tell the gender of the person? What, how, what, what do I say? What do I say? And he said, just don't use pronouns. And I said, what? He said, just don't use pronouns. I'm like, well, how do you do that? And it was it's really not hard, but we're taught courtesy as miss, ma'am, you know, Ms. Um, going up to somebody. And I've really gotten used to, and it's easy to just not use, excuse me, you know, um, hello, can you help me here? Just kind of starting to talk to the person rather than because I don't want to misgender people. I know it's very upsetting. Right. Right. And I think you know, the other thing that's really helpful, especially now in business, is more and more companies are encouraging employees to put their pronouns in their email signatures. And that's huge because it just says to anyone who's coming to their website or who is interacting with them via email that they understand how important using pronouns are. And... um so I really like that we're seeing more and more of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and even so if the tables are turned and you have, um, you know, a server coming over to the table, let's say you're at a restaurant and you're a customer and that server isn't quite sure, all they have to say is, how's everyone doing this evening? Yes. They don't have to say, hey, guys, or, yes. you know, what can I get for you gentlemen tonight? You don't know. Um, so we're talking more to schools. Um, you know, in classrooms, in business, um, any kind of situation where you're interacting, giving a presentation and you're greeting them. It's so common to say, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's so nice to see you here today, right? But you can say, good morning, everyone. Good morning, beautiful people. Um, You know, there are so many different folks. There's so many different um, greetings, uh, salutations that you can use. Um, when speaking, when communicating via email, when, you know, interacting on a customer service kind of basis. So um, that is starting to change as well. I have appreciated, and I hope I would invite other cisgender people um, who are not trans to kind of take this in. It has encouraged me because I've been putting it in my emails and in my letters, he, his, him, to kind of claim my masculinity. My, I I was always, as a boy, I was always Joey, the sissy boy, Joey, the faggot, you know, all that crap. So like, I don't know, now I'm in my fifties, I'm wearing beard, beard oil, I'm working out, my pronouns are he, his, him. It's making me appreciate it more. The trans community has helped me, even though I'm not in the in community. Yeah, I think that if you're open to the possibilities, you can learn an awful lot. And I always feel like this journey has just been so incredible because I've learned so much. Mm-hmm. And yes, I'm able to help others. But it's just opened my world up in ways that I could never have imagined. So it's a great way to look at it. 
So tell us how parents and teens um, and young adults can find Stand With Trans and, you know, what happens when they go? What happens when they... Like, so they call you or how do they, how do they show oh, up? How do they access? Yes. So standwithtrans.org is the website and we put all kinds of um, opportunities on the calendar. So it might be a support group for a parent or a youth. We now have tween, teen, and young adult groups. Mm. Um, in particular, we have a non-binary young adult group because mm. um, we have found that within that age group and the non-binary identity, they really have, it's a different conversation. So we've launched that um, a few months ago. But we have a lot of resources on the website. Um, we're on social media, um, on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and TikTok. We really wanted to engage with youth. And there is a huge LGBTQ youth population on TikTok. Um, <clears throat> so we decided to learn how to use it. And we hired um, a an influencer who happens to be a trans man. Mm. And then we actually met him because he just found Stan with trans, um, I guess on Instagram and did a TikTok video about the organization. Mm. So we reached out to him and he taught us how to use TikTok. And we now have, I think 17,000 followers on TikTok, which is awesome. so crazy. But you know, it's, it's been a powerful tool and we're going to start to wrap some more strategic thinking around, you know, what do we deliver to these kids? Because yeah. they're really looking for information and support. Um, you know, we get questions like, well, how do I know if I'm trans enough? How Ooh, do I know? I've heard that? Yeah. Um, also many, many kids, especially now during um, quarantine, are with people who either don't know their name, their their name that they would like to use um, as a trans person um, or as a different gender, um, or they refuse to use it. And so um, we we ran a, a series one week about um, using your using your name, and we had kids just drop a message in TikTok if they wanted us to say their name. And so we got so many comments with all of their names. And so we were doing shout outs all week long with, you know, and they loved it. It just, that's all they wanted was for someone to say their name, you know, and it's so simple. Yeah. So can, so, a, can a, a young person come to the organization without parental approval? Oh yeah. Oh good. Yeah. 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 Um, and of course now everything is virtual. So they can register for our groups no matter where they live. And um, so they're not, you know, they're not, um, you know, they're not traveling anywhere or they're not um, alone with adults. Um, it's all virtual. And all of the youth groups are run by licensed mental health professionals who have a specialty in working with trans adolescents. Awesome. So and it's not therapy. It's just, support group and conversation and they guide the conversation and yep. the kids really um, have a lot to say. Yes. So, you know, and these are kids as young as nine who need community. So um, it's really exciting to be able to offer that. 
Um, and then I get a lot of, you know, I do get a lot of personal requests and, you know, emails. And I just got one this morning from a woman who, um, well, she has three kids and her oldest went to school with Hunter and um, she was looking for some advice and more education. And, you know, as a family, they just wanted to learn. And so I get, you know, such a range of requests, you know, from can you recommend a book to, you know, tell me about pronouns. Um, so awesome. the fact that people want to learn is just, you know, that's what it's all about. You provide such a good service and, you know, you're such a warm, welcoming person as it is. It just makes sense that you're, you're doing this. And I wonder if, how can people find you? So you said um, they can go to the website, but are there other ways they could find you? Well, social media, like I mentioned, it's um, Stand With Trans um, for all of the um, social media platforms except for Instagram, which is Stand With Trans MI mm. for Michigan. Okay. Um, otherwise, yeah, just if you Google Stand With Trans, we have an Ally Parent Program, which is a national. We have um, volunteer parents all across the country. There's um, 200 or more parents who have been trained. They're parents of trans youth or trans individuals, not necessarily youth, and they are available to text with somebody to just offer love at the other end of the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, uh, you know, this, this network that's there. There's a published list on the website that um, a, a trans individual, a youth, a parent even can just go to this list and text someone and say, hey, I really need to chat. Ross, so thank you so Multiple much. ways to access. Yeah, it's great that you're here. It's great that people can access you. Thank you for coming on the show. It was great. Maybe we'll do a part two. I say that to everybody because it's such a short amount of time, but this was I a good one. It does. Well, thank you so much. And um, you'll let me know when this is going to air. Oh, for sure, uh, Roz. And fun conversation. Yes. And if you enjoyed this episode of Smart Sex, Smart Love podcast, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And you can follow me too on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and now TikTok at Dr. Joe Court. Until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court, and you can find me on joecourt.com. That's J-O-E-K-O-R-T.com. See you next time.